listening to American Slacker Podcast with Matt Gertz and Jesse Landers. living in New York, I lived sort of like these, uh, there was a golf course, and there was a trail that you could kind of walk walk along, and uh, par- part of it you would be like right next to the golf course, and the other part you would be uh, in like, you know, just your, you know, movie picturesque trail, uh, so one day, I, 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 and I went, go back, I went back to look at it because uh, I remembered the guy's name and I went to go look at the exact date and I believe it was June 12th, 2012, okay? Uh, it's a Sunday morning in New York. It's uh, it's a nice, it's a nice about, about 80 degrees. Whereabouts you know? in New York? Uh, Staten Island. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's not complete city like it's more suburbs yep. and there's like, you know, sort of a mix. Uh, so anyway, I'm 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 out walking and I'm on the phone with my friend, and as I'm walking, I come to the part in the trail where there's just a shirt in the middle, and I'm like, huh, what's that? So I, uh. I'm walking closer, I'm walking closer, and as I get closer, I'm like, oh my God, that's a person. My, my, my gut reaction was to be scared, because like, this is a setup. Right. You know, I was like, shit, what, what the hell's going on? So I'm on the phone with my friend, and he's like, like just stay on the phone with me, stay on the phone with me. So I get closer, and then I go to look, and I'm like, oh my God. This this guy's this guy's dead. Uh, just because of my profession, I was like, this guy's one hundred percent dead. So I went ahead and I called nine one one. And because I'm in the middle of the woods, there's no intersection. You know, I'm not at Smith and Main Street. You know, I'm just I'm like, uh, you know, can you tell us your location? <laughs> just like you know, the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. North, north of Oak and west of Elm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm standing there for about twenty minutes, and I just hear the side. You know, I I was like, listen. The guy is dead. I can assure you that. And I just hear sirens for like 20 minutes just trying to figure out where I am. Uh, so finally, finally, they get there. There's, you know, ambulance coming through the woods. Uh, you know, police police come there and, and I get investigated. Not because anything malicious. Just you could tell that this guy, he had like running gear on, basically. And you kind of see where he fell. Huh. And he has like his, you see like the drag of the foot. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah. and, an older guy. Let's just say 60 plus, right? Um, so... Uh, and at the time, I was working a job where I was working uh, trade. What I mean by trade is I worked for a bunch of funeral homes, and I was like sort of a freelancer. So I would never really report to work. I would only report to work when a funeral home got a call. So the funeral home got a call, and Mr. Smith died, so they would call me. Like, hey, can you go pick up Mr. Smith at XYZ Hospital? Uh, because of that, I had to call them and say, listen, I'm going to be tied up for like the next four hours, you know, because I couldn't leave, you know. Um, so I called them and, you know, they were aware of the situation and whatever. Uh, so as fate would have it, three days, let's see, that was a Sunday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days later, I'm at one of the funeral homes I work for. I'm downstairs and we're doing like our morning, uh, dressing people, you know, doing cosmetics, getting them ready for visitation. And I get a call from the actual funeral director at the funeral home. They're like, can you come upstairs? I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Come upstairs, and he is with the family of the guy that I found. Oh, man. And I walk in there. I'm like, 
how could I help you? And he's like, yeah, this is this is the family of the guy you found. I'm like, what? Are, are you are you joking? Like, what what happened? You know? Yeah. Um, just just total fate. Uh, it was a real like, cl- um, how do I say, closure for the family that they were able to like piece together. Oh, he left the house at, you know, three p.m. and. I had called. It was crazy because I literally like, what time did you call nine one one? I pulled my phone up and I was able to tell them. Wow. Yes, I called nine one one at exactly this time. Just so you know, circle of event. Like how consequent, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I ended up doing the entire funeral for them. Um, you know, everything from the embalming all the way to taking it out to the funeral. It was just when I had found him, I just knew his name and that's it. Like I would have never been contacted about it again, and. Just total coincidence, you know. They go to to the funeral home, one of the funeral homes I work for, at the same time that I'm there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's that's wild. Yeah, that what happenstance uh-huh. that he would end up there. I can't can't believe it. Of all places, you know. When I try when I try to be funny about that story, I usually tell people that once I found the body. I dropped my business card and ran, but but oh man! See, I should I should have done that. I should have like, done like that. Like a like Stupid a lawyer man. chasing ambulances, you're just looking for bodies in the woods to drop your business card, pick up a little uh, little job on the side. Oh my god! Exactly. No wonder why the police are questioning you, man. This is the eighth time that you've had they found your card. It's so Victor, we meet again. It's like that's like a weird mashup of like Dexter meets uh, Six Feet Under. Yeah, almost. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Oh, um, oh man, funny. that's the best way I think we've ever started off American Slacker Podcast. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, hey, I'm Matt. I'm Jesse. I'm Victor. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, there, right. oh, there he is. No, you got there's it. A, there's somebody else here today. You got it. That wasn't us talking. That was our guest. That was perfect. Yeah, right. and usually people don't chime in, but you're a natural kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. Um, he is our guest today. His name is Victor Rubio. Uh, he is the host of Digging Six Feet Under podcast, and we are happy to have him here. He also uh, deals in the art of uh, the dead. <laughs> Along with being the <laughs> master of the air fresheners, as we talked before, he is. Yes, you name a pine-shaped uh, air freshener, and he's got it. I got them all. I got them all. <laughs> I got proof of it too. I got proof of it. I'm not. Do you not, have retros? Retros go. What do you mean by retro? Like, are we listen, talking? It, do you have like a 1980s Playboy <laughs> air freshener? <laughs> No, 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 no. We got to be specific, okay? Because I, I, I can't, I can't ruin my rep. It's a very specific little tree air fresheners. We're not talking like you know, okay, the 19, okay. The 1990s. You're sticking like, to the bay. trees. Oh, yeah, man. I'm all about okay. the trees. I'm all about. Well, okay. The trees. What years did you start collecting these bad boys? Uh, 2008, probably up until 2010. Yeah. Okay. Got, got okay. it. You must have a good collection from having them collecting for that amount of time. What are, what are, like I said, I, 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 I literally have a picture where my original idea was to. It started out as just, hey, this one's cool. You know how you do your key air fresh and then you'll, you'll you'll leave it on like your uh, your turn signal or even on your rear view mirror. Yep. You yeah. know, so I just I just kept doing that. I kept doing that, and then like uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, oh, let me get that. And all of a sudden, I look. I had like this, you know, this rainbow hanging on my, my <laughs> signal. <laughs> the original idea was to make an uh, a, a big. Uh, how, how could I say this? 
a big little tree with like each you know in the shape of a little tree of each one like kind of color coded okay you know so like it flows and everything uh all i ended up (laughs) right all i ended up doing was just uh pinning them to a wall in my house at the time color coded and if god forbid anything ever happened to me they would walk into my house. That's the first thing they would see. And be like, yep, oh God! Certified crazy. <laughs> Look, looking like a like a weird air freshener Home Depot paint aisle. <laughs> it's like no, no, it's not what it looks like. Oh man, that's you gotta have you gotta have someone on standby to be like go over, unpin all those little trees, <laughs> yeah. and wipe my internet. No, no, no. History. Leave the money. Leave the money. Take out the pins. <laughs> and and you know what's funny, I. Towards the end of it, I I emailed the little uh, little tree air freshener company, and I was just like, "Hey, uh, this might be a weird email. I've collected every single one up until this time because they still release new color, new uh, smells. Oh, and okay. There's just and they're just basically old twist. It's like you know, um, you know, cinnamon, but now it's like apple cinnamon pear." something you know oh man Um, oh yeah they're just running the uh, probabilities on those and they're they're coming to the end they're gonna be like coming out with cinnamon apple celery (laughs) (laughs) damn it does smell like celery (laughs) we we need new scents we can't keep going with these old ones running out of color like a few years later it's just like well what about cinnamon celery apple (laughs) just just flip it they'll never know then then a guy like you writes it's new (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i had emailed them expecting uh, you know i don't know what i was expecting in my head i had built it up to like oh man they're gonna sh- uh i believe it's somewhere up in new york but i was like oh they're gonna send me up to new york and they're gonna give me a tour and everything <laughs> uh they sent me three new scents which i already had and a book bag okay the book uh, bag uh, yeah that's kind of cool it was- it, yeah uh i mean that's exactly what something collecting something that lame deserves you know like <laughs> was, it, was it just like a regular old like jan, jan sport <laughs> uh it was jan sport and it just had a little tree on it you know <laughs> okay what what did it smell Marking like most trophies. importantly <laughs> it, it, it smelled like canvas which i believe that's a new scent that's coming out oh okay there you go <laughs> We uh, actually, I think you're our second collector that we've had on. We had a, a, yeah. a Tetris of little trees. No, no, no. You're, you oh, got I was going to say. I was going to say. I'm going to go. I got to go fight that guy. <laughs> you're get, you're this gonna guy hold that had uh, two thousand of them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're going right? to have to collect uh, yours up and <laughs> he's going to go burn his collection. <laughs> I wish I could mimic. I, I, I wish the sound would work if I just threw my headphones down and just like, where'd he go? Where'd he <laughs> yeah, go? right. Oh man, he's going to find them. He stormed out. Like. So uh, no, the other guy, uh, he collected Tetris. The Tetris. Titles, so yes, yeah. yes. I listened to that. That's God. I love Tetris, but the way he went, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting here as someone who collected little trees, and I'm like, yeah, I'm normal. I listened to him and how deep he got into his Tetris thing. I'm like, man, that guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I roomed with him. He was uh, he's he's an interesting guy. He's got a uh, a lot going on, um, mm-hmm. especially in terms of Tetris. More than more than anyone I know. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not lying about the feud that they had going either about uh, buying right, a case right. of beer and whatnot for whoever won. <laughs> so who yeah, I, yeah. so we bring on all bring on all comers. Uh, Victor's taking on anyone else collecting little trees. It sounds like calling them out. Yeah, please calling please. them out. Anybody with those little trees. <laughs> so you you had mentioned before that you uh, grew up in Staten Island. 
right? Mm-hmm. And now you're down in Florida, correct? Yes, I'm down in Miami. How uh, now? How'd you end up there? Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, New York, uh, Staten. So Staten Island is one of the five boroughs. It's the lesser known borough, and basically, it's like it, it, it's you're still able to live in the suburban life, but you're still about you know. A half hour or so away from Manhattan, so it's not really city like. When you know, when you say you're from one of the five boroughs, you just imagine whatever they put on TV. But Staten Island is really whatever, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 where I lived is all suburban, but you just travel, you know, twenty twenty thirty minutes, and you're you know you're in Manhattan. Um, I hate New York City. I've never liked it. It was. I always felt what I always said is I felt like I was paying a premium for something. I never took advantage of, and that's being in the city and taking advantage of all of that stuff. You know, uh, things like the Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty. I don't know what other stuff you do when people go to New York City. Um, Eat hot dogs. There you go. I've never <laughs> done any of that. Food trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done any of that, and I was just like, why am I here? You know, surviving through brutal winters, wherever you are, uh, you know, just brutal winters, and I was just like, I, at the time I had no girlfriend my family was well uh, established so it's not like i had anyone to care for or anything and i was just like you know what man i'm going to south florida it, i i can i've always liked it there i've always loved miami the whole culture and i was just like screw it uh picking up and moving i actually moved here without ever having been here oh wow i was just like oh, yeah man, just, i just awesome. i was so like blind I, <laughs> I was just like i i know i want to be there i don't know exactly what part and everything and i was like i kind of just picked up and went but I did go with a job in hand, so it's not like I just showed up and you know, just yeah. went about it. You weren't playing a guitar with the case open in the cup and, and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, I had a similar experience coming out here. I got the job, uh-huh. never never visited, and just, you know, was blindly went. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Yeah. I feel like if I would have done the whole strategic planning and whatever, I, I feel like I still would have not moved out. Because I would have been like, okay, I got time, I got time, I got this and whatever. And uh, I feel like just kind of doing it, it sounds so much, I don't know about you, but for me, it, it, it sounds so much more like, oh my God, wow, how did you do that? And then I just kind of figured it, you know, uh, with, with no disrespect, you're still in America, you know, there's still yep. traffic lights and there's still McDonald's, you know, you, you find your way around. People you speak know? the same yeah. language. I mean, you can get <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, it's yeah. easy, yeah. It's not like, uh, yeah, if you say even going to England, I'm sure in terms of getting, uh, like renting an apartment, it's like different standards or you'd have to go through different uh, channels or routes that, than you would here in the U.S., so... Yeah, it's not it's yeah. not as intimidating when you actually do it. And then I I don't know about you and uh, I imagine part of California is like this, uh, you know, cuz I moved to South Florida and this is basically like second New York almost except it's it's 70 degrees in January and you know <laughs> everyone everyone's about the beach life. You know it's harder someone who picks up and moves to Montana. That's hard. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just I would I would say so. The, it's not too yeah, it's true. not too different out here except for the um the Mexican food's way better. Oh god, uh, yeah. The pizza, but the pizza, but the pizza sucks. It's that's yeah. the. Oh god, yeah, there you go. You got a flip flop. Sucks here too. I'm wondering yeah. if Kansas yeah, yeah. has like mediocre everything. You know, if it's right in the middle, <laughs> you can get okay pizza, okay Mexican. It's food. like frozen everything, but it's not frozen. <laughs> but the corn is fantastic. <laughs> oh, dude, the corn's fresh, sweet. <laughs> there you go. So that, I mean that's cool. That's awesome that you took that jump. Uh, how, uh, how old were you when you decided to do that? Was that? Oh man, 
I've only been down here in Miami two years. Oh, so, okay. So that was fairly recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is yeah fairly recent thing. And you're enjoying yourself, it sounds like. Yes, I love it here, man. If if you know anything about South Florida, uh, let me start here. The funniest thing about you live in Florida, it's like, oh my god, I got a cousin who's in Jacksonville. It's like, oh, that's great. He's six hours away. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, right? Huge. People are like, oh yeah, well, uh, I'm gonna be in Tampa. It's like, all right, well, I'll try and take off work and dri- you know drive four hours to come see you. South Florida is very different than the rest of the state. Uh, the summers here are brutal. If you know anything about here, visit Florida in August and, you know, you get why people are like, God damn, it's so hot there, you know? And you got the humidity oh, yeah. too, right? Yeah. It, you, it, here's the thing about the humidity, and I feel like I didn't learn about this till I got here. It's, it's just as humid in, in New York when I was there, right? Yeah. The, the difference is at like 8, 9 o'clock, it tails down. Okay. And even in the morning too. Even in the morning too, like seven a.m., you wake up. Uh, it, it, it's not as hot. South Florida. I'm gonna say most of Florida, right? It, that humidity never dips. It's constant from like April into like October. Oh it's just wow! Just constantly eighty-eight degrees, and you're just sweating the entire time. Damn. Oh man. But at least it's oh. warm enough that you could probably jump in the in the water or the pool and, and like cool yes. down that way. Yes, but even that isn't because even the water's warm. You know, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful though. Like I can't, I can't take away from it. It's just beautiful that you could always go in the water. Uh, the payoff for that, I, I, I try to make this this equation. Basically, uh, New York and what well, let's say Northeast, right? You survive through that winter, and your kind of reward is that spring summertime. Oh I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're in Albany. Oh, how yeah. how beautiful how beautiful is September? It's just that perfect, oh, a doubt, man. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The colors, oh, oh, it's just beautiful. And those nights when you start, you know, bringing out the hoodies, you know, um, yeah, yeah, crisp. The way, yep. <laughs> the way here, it's opposite. You go through the summer and you get that reward from like November through February, where it's just seventy-five, eighty degrees with no humidity, and it's just perfect, perfect weather. Uh, like we were talking before, like San Diego. I imagine San Diego's perfect all year round right it that's really hot yeah i had a i had a buddy from college who was down there and it was always like in the 90s or, or like high <laughs> 80s for them right who oh, dipped to 60 and they'd all be in hoodies like just yeah, <laughs> trembling i used to that shit it's uh well, the funniest thing in the, in the 63 New York winters, around here generally and that's nice though that's nice because it's uh, I, I, I would venture to say I want like a few more degrees warmer yeah right I mean you tell me I don't know it's yeah I mean it, I run hot generally so it's nice for me but yeah. um, my girlfriend shivers a little bit kind of like Chihuahua because mm-hmm. it does get cold <laughs> and, and we are on the coast because uh, and we got those winds coming in off the co- off the water which make it like feel a little bit colder than it actually is. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, wind chill. But it's always dry, no humidity, not too bad. Nice. So let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, how long have you been in your profession, Victor? I've been a funeral director for Memorial Day will make 11 years. So if I'm one of those people who, um, you know, counting the months, I'm, I'm now 10 and a half years. I've been saying 10 oh, years, wow. okay. and I'm, I'm closer to now 10 and a half. But let's just say 10. I don't want to be that guy. You got a decade under your belt, though. That's pretty good, man. Experience. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it, it must have been interesting, like telling people that a lot of the times. I'm sure you get kind of weird looks every so often when you tell people that, or weird questions. 
it's funny like when I first went to school for it and I first got out it was kind of like a badge of honor and I was young I was 20 years old so I was kind of like yeah I'm a funeral director and I'm we like not that I wasn't proud to be weird but I was just like you know I do something wildly different than anyone you will meet and it was sort of a badge of honor uh, as I got older and you start dating and everything and you you know you talk to people and you you you, you care less about what people think um, you know, a lot of people are out there who just think of me as a banker because that's just what I say I do. Because <laughs> I would always get those questions, and I was tired of yeah. those questions. Yep. And I don't. And here's what's here's the funny thing about it is, I like informing people. I like telling people who are genuinely genuinely curious about what goes on. Totally cool, right? The people who are like, you know, do you have sex with them and all this stuff? Do you what? touch them? Oh yeah, yeah. No, like people. You ask me that people all ask that. Oh, like it's not like I'm not going off one person. I'm going off a lot of people to the point where, like, whoa, I unfair, it says a lot I more unf- about the person who asks that question, <laughs> right? Yeah, because what if I was like, yes, <laughs> then what happens? <laughs> like, How was it, man? <laughs> oh, man? It's just, and the whole the rest of the dinner table's just looking at you guys with eyes like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and so, uh. So I don't I like informing people and whatnot. Uh, so when I tell people what I do, it's funny. There's kind of two. There's kind of two avenues that goes through. One, a person's really interested, and you know, there's oh, how did you get into that? And you know, it's a conversation. And you know, people are like that's cool. So what do you think about this? And it's just you know, the conversation just kind of trails off. I, you know, I, listening to your podcast, I uh, recalled you saying something about how you get a lot of zombie questions and stuff like that. <laughs> yes, yes, that was my next. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I say it too is it that's all media driven. That's Walking Dead driven. Oh, yeah. That's all of that. You know, craze. Uh, yeah, and it's just like I, 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 if you listen to the podcast, you know my what I always say is, would you be afraid of a garbage pail? Because a dead body is as animate as a garbage pail. You know, <laughs> it's not coming. Neither are gonna you. move. <laughs> neither, yeah. neither. You know. And yeah, it's just like I mean I don't know. Like when I heard you say that on the on your podcast, I I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what does the person expect? Like when they ask that <laughs> question, like how how is the conversation? Like you said before uh, about the other question, uh, how is that going to go? I love you. You can't even say I, it. Well, I'm just like I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that's not the avenue. I'm the first avenue. I'm, I'm I'm genuinely interested in how you got into this profession because, like you said, it's uh, it's different, you know. But yeah, when right, someone right. says like, "Hey, uh, yeah, you want a fucking dead body?" That's like, what the hell? See, I can say. Yeah. It. What? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is going on in their mind? Yeah. So I mean, like zombie, not nearly as like. I mean, I like zombie movies me and matt are big fans of zombie movies zombie video games mm-hmm. but we understand mm-hmm. it's fantasy yeah yeah <laughs> that's, I, I wish more people did <laughs> so uh, so it's almost uh, like i wonder i was wondering like i wonder if he comes back with like yeah you believe in unicorns too yeah <laughs> 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 uh, are you are you are you talking to the uh, tooth fairy going to your dentist and like seeing what his opinion is you know hey bro you ever seen anybody dream by a vampire (laughs) yeah right you're getting your blood drawn and you're like hey i got some garlic in my pocket we're good like i got us covered like what the hell it's like yeah i know they're coming (laughs) and you know what on 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 that same level there's people who and i'm someone who i'm just like if you're gonna argue with me about something i know for sure like you win Okay, like, <laughs> you're gonna tell me something over something I know. I'm not gonna argue with you, but I always get the same people who it's like, oh my god, yeah, no, my uncle told me once that you know the funeral, the body in the funeral home stood up, 
I'm like, I promise you on everything ever, that's never happened. And I was like, no, 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 my, but my uncle told me he saw it. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I, I guess my ten, my 10 years and all the funeral homes I worked for, I've never seen it. But your uncle who was once in a funeral home saw it. Yeah, like, who am I to argue, you know? It's like, uh, here, let me ask you this. Your uncle fucked with you a lot? <laughs> it's like, you know, come to think of it. You just flick my he ear every playing pranks on me. Hey, he's flicking my ear every Thanksgiving. I mean, he always had my nose when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> no, I swear he took it right off my face. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, it, like having an interesting profession, it probably does uh, get a lot of interesting questions asked to you. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it, what what are some of the more uh, genuine questions that that you get in terms of your profession or uh, that people would find interesting? You know, good questions. Questions. Uh, well, let me let me let me be straight up honest here. Questions I do like to answer is uh, explain embalming. What happens in embalming? And it's not necessarily it's me informing people. It just it makes me sound a lot smarter than I actually am because I get to use big <laughs> well, that's words always and everything. Good. <laughs> right, right. So I, I always like uh, ans- uh, answering that question. Um, sort of like you know, what happens to the like what happens when 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 the person dies? Uh, autopsy questions. Uh, what do you do when a person dies like this? You know, and whatever that is followed up by, um, you know, kind of like the worst the worst stories of it, like when when you you pick up a, da- a body from a house or a hospital. Kind of just real questions about like the day to day stuff, yep, and less about like the fantasized stuff that surrounds it. And you know, a lot ghosts, ghosts, spirits, ghouls. I hate that questions. I'm not a person that believes in that stuff, but and you know, families have you know genuine questions about the job. Yeah, and and I feel like a lot of that um, fantasy type question stuff probably comes from the like. Sh- sort of shroud of mystery that is around uh, death and, you know, the industry related that's fair to, to say. It. That's actually, that's fair to say, and that's something I've never even looked at it that way, is that there's so much unknown about it that someone would get to the point where they believe a dead body just walks around the funeral home. So, yeah, like, that's something I never even thought about it. It's almost, like, about it in that way. It's almost like I've seen a zombie on screen, and, you know, news is also on the TV. So... <laughs> <laughs> So those those two, two must together, be related. I mean, it could happen, right? Right. <laughs> Which I mean, you said before there's a there's a big media influence and that kind of stuff. So so I yeah. wonder if it does come out of some sort of uh, almost ignorance of of the entire profession and the uh, subject of death. You know. Yeah, you know, that's that's a that's a fair point. It's something I've never even thought of of someone who's always been saying that is I never even looked at it like that. So yeah, that's definitely a fair point. Can't yeah. can't hate them for not knowing. I guess right. Yes, all right. Ignorance is bliss. But that's what we like to do here on our podcast. Get into like some interesting stuff like this that people might not be privy to in their everyday life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What made you want to start podcasting? You have your own that uh, me and Matt have been listening to. Yes, my... uh, We both... Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to say we both really dig, by the way. Hey, hey, there. Nice, 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 nice word there. So my podcast... Is the digging six feet under podcast? Um, ah. <laughs> I host the. Po- <laughs> what made me get into podcasting? Uh, I I love podcasts. Uh, man, you know, I was just talking talking with a friend earlier. My first podcast was the Bill Burr Monday Morning Podcast, and okay. 
when I first discovered this was man, this was exact like about seven years ago, and I was like, this is so cool. Someone's talking to me in my earbuds, and they're just talking, uh, kind of just like talk radio. But I didn't like the the whole. I guess at the time it was only uh, for me it was like news. Yep. And then I kind of got into sports and whatever, and I was like, this is really really cool. I like this. But podcast is like was so uh, specific to what I want to listen to. Uh, so kind of like the thing with Bill Burr, I was like, wow, this is so great. And I knocked out every episode. I backlogged everything. And then I was like, all right. And what's so great about podcasting is like there's a podcast on anything. So then I went to like Legend of Zelda and <laughs> nice. listened to whatever podcast I could there. And then like you go through everything you're interested in. And then it got to the point where I was like, I, you know, I also like bagels. So let me search a bagel podcast. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> I started running out of podcasts, right? Uh, so just and then over the years, I'm someone who I, I get so deep into something that I'm like, ah oh, man, how be cool? What cool would it be to do this? So I, I want to say over the past like three or four years, I, I wanted to do a podcast, right? But I never thought I was worthy of doing something like uh, I love Breaking Bad, but it's like, well, why would you want to listen to me over X amount of other Breaking Bad podcasts that are out there? Um, right, looking for really, the uh, like the cream of the crop. In terms well, of yeah, like that subject or that uh, show, yeah. Well, and it's just basically it's like, well, why would you listen to me? I'm I'm just a normal other dude who just likes something just like you do. And why are my opinions or whatever? You know, I wanted to come with something. I was like, I'm confident talking regardless. So I kind of just toiled in what I wanted to do, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a movie podcast. Blah blah blah. Uh, what about two years ago? I looked up a Six Feet Under podcast, and there there was one out there. And it like it shut down my uh, my confidence. I was like, oh man, there's one out there. I didn't even look into it. I just knew it was there, and I was like, ah, oh, forget it. Right. Uh, then I, you know what? I can't tell you what made me. Actually, you know what? That's a lie. The uh, the idea that I may not have time in the future to do a podcast. I was like, all right, I got to do this now before you know kids start coming and everything. Right. Yep. Um, so I was just like, all right, now what do I do? Like now, I really want to do it, and now I don't even have the idea. Just one day, I was like, you know what? This show, Six Feet Under, the people who do like it, Six Feet Under is it's one or the other. I've never watched it. I don't like it. I love it so much, I cried. You know, there's no, there's no middle ground. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of, you know, I was like, man, this is so cool because I could lean on being a funeral director. And, that's, and like, that was my hook. You know, uh, yep. Breaking Bad, I'm just a fan, or The Wire, I'm just a fan. Six Feet Under, I'm a funeral director. So I could talk about that. And so, yeah, it just kind of, you know, you research it probably just like you guys did, right? You, you do your RSS feed and you're like, oh, this is so cool. And you start throwing it together. And Oh, yeah. Now I'm here and talking to you guys. Like, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. You're out there live in the world. <laughs> right? <laughs> and and it's, it's always interesting to, like, hear from back from the fan base, do all that stuff. The, even the logistical looking at numbers coming in. Yeah, and you, you know, I get, I get, I have this one guy who emails me after every episode, and he gives me like his recap to my episode. So it's like a recap of a recap, huh. and and it's to me, it's like I w- I wasn't doing this for any advertisement or anything. I literally just wanted to like leave something out. It was the way I looked at it was like I, I was giving back to the podcast world. You know, those millions of Legend of Zelda pod bagel podcasts I listen to. I just wanted to give back. You know. Yep. Um. So. Yeah, just one guy emails me, and he just tells me what I think. And it's like, man, even if I only had one listener and that was the guy, that's awesome that someone thinks enough and they want to dedicate that amount of time to just email you back. 
you know, it's like such so rewarding, you know? Definitely. Oh, I think that's the best part. I, I mean, when we hear from our listeners, like there's just such a the special connection there. I mean, from like the art that you produce, you know, exactly. call it exactly. art, let's call it art, you know, but like, it, yeah, it's like there's that's the reward, man. It's amazing that you're reaching people, you know, and if you're big enough to even make money, I mean, that must be a blessing. But for me and just I'm doing is it's like such a hobby that. Yeah, a person sends in an email or they, they'll tweet me on Twitter, like, enjoying the podcast. It's like, yeah, that's so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Even if you're lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we definitely get that feeling, yeah. man. Every comment, we're like, dude, did you see that? <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> Texting back and forth. Yeah. Yep. yep. Getting all excited. It. Now, yeah, I thought I when, when I first uh, got in contact with you and I checked out your show, I thought it was really interesting. It is sort of, and it's funny that you brought up Breaking Bad because I thought it would be like a, you know, like a chemist watching Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. And the, yeah. the little yeah. asides that you have where you do the, uh, I think it's the music from the show. Uh, yes, yeah, sort you of. Your sort point. of. Yeah. You do yeah. the music from the show, and then it's uh, your point of view as a professional funeral funeral director. It's uh, I, I found that really interesting. I've been learning a lot in listening to to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think that's unique, man. And uh, you couldn't have hit it better with your choice of like what you were going to do with your podcast. I mean, it's so fitting. It's so smooth. Like it's natural, man. Like from episode one, it's it's just entertaining. You're educating. It's it's got it all, you know. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to educate. I wanted to educate first and foremost, and that's why I started bringing guests on because my idea was like let the guests talk about the show and be able to explain what's going on and give their point, and I'll kind of sit there and just be like, um, you know, that's not the way you embalm a body, or that's the way you do this, or actually, interesting the way they did this about the, the funeral and whatever, you know. So it's kind of like a two prong attack to where. I could rely on what I know best and let everyone else kind of talk about the show, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you throw in behind the scenes, like, information, too, you know? Like, uh, you cover all grounds. So, like, uh, that was one thing that I definitely respected when I was listening. Cool, cool. That's that's awesome. Awesome to hear. <laughs> and now, I had never actually watched Six Feet Under before we had talked. Okay. So you actually can say that you've gotten another person into the show because I'm I'm on episode I think six or seven now. I think I'm on seven in the middle of it somewhere. Um, Interesting. And I've enjoyed the hell out of it. By episode three or four, I'd say is when I started to really get invested into the characters. Uh-huh. And now I have my I have a favorite character. Uh, I have a favorite episode out of the ones that I've seen so far, and <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get through all of them. And alongside that, I'm listening to your companion podcasts with it. So uh, right, right. So it's it's an awesome experience to have it alongside being a new uh, watcher of the show. Oh, well, that, that's awesome! That's awesome. You know, it's like you always want to recommend the show to someone that you really like, and then. Now I'm just doing a podcast, and you're like, oh, you pick it up. That's awesome. Wait, so who's your who's your favorite character? Um, I'm really interested. I, my, I, it, my favorite character, I have to say, is Nate, because I feel like I relate to him most. <laughs> right, right, um, right. And Matt said because uh, he's not gay, and I said, no, that's not the reason. 
<laughs> you're being <laughs> I'm like even if I I, I could well I could that I could have bad joke well no it, it was a fun it was <laughs> a funny joke on blast man that was a funny <laughs> joke I thought that was funny I could I could uh, I mean I see at some points I do relate with David some of the stuff that he's going through the um, self conflict of his identity wanting to like be one thing in public and then be one thing in private yeah that's yeah. that's totally understandable I mean hell I have a day job. But then we say yeah. shit, piss, and fuck on this podcast. So like, I, I could understand the separation of self that he's sort of going through. Um, but no, I would say Nate. Uh, and uh, it might be the fact that I moved, you know, away from my hometown. I'm away from my yeah, family yeah. and stuff like That's that. Relatable. The idea yeah, of responsibility. Totally. Uh, episode six in season one, uh, The Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of the one where I was like, all right, Nate and what's going on with him and his father and all the stuff that he's finding out about, like, his dad's life that he didn't know. And like, oh, uh, your dad was proud of you. Oh, I'm I'm Nate. I'm not David. And he's like, no, I know who you are. Like, that, that <laughs> whole scene, I was like, oh, man, this is fucking awesome. What's great, and is if you don't mind, you could go ahead and edit this out. I don't know how comfortable you guys are. If I could ask how old you guys are, I, I know you're close to me in age. I'm 28. I'm 27. Jesse's, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm 30. So we're, we're relatively close in age. The great thing about this show is if you guys would have if we, if you would have watched this about let's just say seven. I mean, this show aired 16 years ago. So yep. You know, a little funny fact about it is I'm 15 years late to this party. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing up really late. Like, hey guys, let's talk about this. But it's know? still so relevant. Um, yeah, and and, man. And, and and that's what's funny about it is like, it's still relevant. And if you would have watched that show, like I first watched the 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 last season when I was twenty in school, like we we watched it in mortuary school. I take it you you, in, you digest it, you take it in wildly different than you I do now at thirty years old, where. Like, I don't think I would have ever identified with Nate because I was still living home. And it's like, you know, yeah, he is an asshole and all this, you know. And Claire is kind of more, you feel closer to Claire. She's like this young rebel and whatnot. But I imagine it's going to be different when I watch it in 10 years from now. If, you know, whatever is going on in my life, uh, you just, it's wildly different where you are and what your priorities in life are. That's true. You can take the show differently, you know. That's very true because I I didn't think of it that way. It it is almost a... um, uh, sort of reflection on the stages that you go through in life through the different characters if you look at it in that yeah. way because yeah imagine you're a gay t- male i imagine a gay male interprets that podcast widely different than i do i'm a straight male but that show there's a lot of in the first few episodes that you watch and whatnot there's a lot of i imagine a gay male uh wherever they are in their life or i guess wherever they live i guess more importantly right uh can identify so much with david right and he takes everything wildly different than I do as a straight male. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I I'm like so almost removed in terms of culture from the time that this took place. That when I was watching it with my girlfriend, uh, we were like, "Oh, blah blah blah." This must have taken place in the '90s because of how closeted <laughs> everyone had to be. And then I found out it happened in uh, what 2001. Yeah, the episode, the season you're watching is 2001. So yeah, um, and I was like, oh shit, you know, I graduated high school six years after that. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. So it's like I was fairly young. There was still a lot going on, and I guess it sort of also opened my my like perspective to what people were going through in that time. I didn't know it was that bad. You know. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. And then the the whole LAPD thing with uh, Michael and uh, Keith. 
that that's interesting. The he he had made the comment in one of the episodes. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, some would say that, that you're being hypocritical because you're uh, a black LAPD officer. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And he was calling him out for being a closeted uh, gay man. So yeah, it's there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting social dynamics that go on in this show that are still relevant. And what's funny is the first season, and if if you're a TV show, you're a big TV fan, that if you ever go back and watch like the first season or the first few episodes, they look wildly different, and they feel so wildly different than they do in your later seasons. Um, so that first season feels so... Uh, how do I say the word? It feels so basic compared to what the show eventually turns into. And I already like show- it for how crazy it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that, that's that's one of the funniest things too is they managed to make a show about death, darkly funny. <laughs> yeah, there is really funny moments in there, but it's it's dark, dark humor, you know. Right, Matt. You had mentioned something before about uh, it was the uh, uh, six feet under humor. We were talking about it. Oh yeah, man. We both were were talking, man. We love how you applied that because the show has such a unique way about the dark humor, man. It, it's you don't see sh- it's uh, the way I was telling Jesse. It's ahead of its time in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, is. that's why I feel like it didn't catch the way it should have. Um, honestly, I watched it. Um, I've watched like you know half the first season like way back when I lived at home. Again, yeah. like you just said, I didn't relate to it as well. Um, yeah. Now it's a completely different story. You know, like I'm probably gonna end up watching the whole series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. binge watch. How we we all know how that goes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But, uh, man, yeah, I mean, wh- what can you go wrong with the, the idea of the story of death? I mean, that alone intrigues every single person on this earth. We all have to deal with it. It's, it's the underlying element of everything we deal with. I mean, it's, it's wild, you know? And the show conquers that and the humor. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, but going back to the, uh, the dubbing of Six Feet Under Humor, man. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> And it's funny, and you know, like I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything here. And just to give you like a little taste of what I mean by the six feet on the humor is, it's within the first opening minutes of the pilot. Uh, the mother, the wife of the main character who dies within five minutes of the show o- uh, opening, she's on the yeah. phone with him, and she's like, you know, if you keep smoking, you're gonna die a long and disgusting death. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll throw the cigarette out. They hang up the phone. He gets fucking smacked by a bus dead instantly. Yeah, wasn't he light? <laughs> was he lighting a cigar? I think, I, I yeah, think he's he was. lighting I think his he second was. one. Yeah, he might have. Yeah, lit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then, you know, like take it to take it a little bit further. She gets the phone call that he died, and she's like, "Oh my god, the hearse is ruined." Yeah, <laughs> yeah they funny. just fucking bought it. <laughs> that was the first thing she said. <laughs> not, and yeah, and like that's what's funny about it. This is a woman just lost her long life husband and it's somehow funny <laughs> and right. not like in a slapstick way it's not a, yeah it's it's, it's yeah. a heavy show it's heavy emotionally and, oh man yeah it is and that's how they make it funny you know it's that tragic irony that they uh like to play off exactly of. exactly <laughs> do you so i have to ask um favorite episode or favorite character in all of the love of Six feet under that you have, uh, you must like one better than the other. I especially now uh, at age thirty, and when I had moved down here, I have like a different perspective on life. Um, 
I like David the best. Knowing what David goes through after this first season, he's just he's a he's a tormented soul, but he's also businesslike. You know, each character has such layers to them, but I feel like I identify with David just while I don't have internalized homophobia like Dave does, you know, I, I feel like I do have internalized like a, a struggle of how I go about my life. You know, you just everyone has their own little things. Definitely. And it's part of part of dealing with it. Um, it, it, I, it used to always be Nate uh, after I watched it, you know, when I got a little bit older, it used to always be Nate because I always liked how outspoken and, and, you know, whatever he was. But again, again, as I get older, uh, it became David. A favorite episode. Man, that's funny. Um, you know, it, it, anyone listening, the, the finale, one, one of the things about Six Feet Under is they're one of the rare shows to nail the finale. Do you guys know anything about the finale or not really? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't into it clean. The finale is widely regarded as the greatest finale to any drama series. Wow. Uh, I... When I my, my first rewatch when I was a little bit older, like and I'm not someone who always cries. I've only cried at one movie. I cried during the finale, and it's nothing like. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to spoil it. It's just if anyone watches the show, they know what I'm talking about. There's a song to it that once it starts playing, you just you 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 get choked up inside. The finale, they nailed the finale. Uh, but my favorite, I want to say my favorite episode, and it's kind of with almost with any TV series, is the penultimate episode. So like episode uh, twelve before the finale. Okay. I just love how TV shows they set everything up. You know, and it just kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? I don't know. I just always loved that idea. Of that the show. cliffhanger. Um, yeah, yeah. And I really can't talk about it too much just because, I'll, you know, spoiling Spoilings. the hell out of it. But uh, let me say another episode I could talk about. Uh, there's an episode. It's season two or three. I want to say season three. And it's called Death Works Overtime. And up until that point in the show, the show would, oh, if you watch the show like you guys have, each episode starts out with a death. And yep. Every episode, they did one death, one death. This episode, they did, uh, it's called Death Works Overtime. They opened up with three deaths. And oh, wow. What, what, yeah, but what, what's great about that is uh, my, my, the industry, it's wildly unpredictable. So as we're talking right now, when I go into work tomorrow, we could have three new death calls. So that's three new cases we have to work on and three families, whatever, you know. And that's something that they didn't, they didn't do on that show up until that point. Um, so it's just oh, like, you know, you just you walk into work the next day and it's like, oh, God, we got three new cases. And there's a lot going on. That season's really heavy. But that, 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 that's the second episode that came to mind of just like it kind of shows like the, the onslaught that could happen sometimes. You could go weeks without having a call at your funeral home. And then one night you can get slammed with three or four, and I, I like wow. I like being able to show that side of it, you know. Definitely, you think it? Do you think it's a, a decent reflection on the actual profession? I know that there's some inaccuracies from time to time. Yeah, and and you know when I do the podcast, I, I start to nitpick on things, and I can't I can't stop saying the phrase. I have to give the show its liberty, and I know it's a TV show, but that's kind of why I'm there to like nitpick at stuff. You know? Yeah, I think the first few seasons they do really well, but they sort of moved away from it. Not like not in a negative way. It's just there was more interesting story to tell than there was to show. How many times can you show a body being embalmed? You know, right? And it being 
So they sort of moved away from that. But the general idea of, I don't want to say like funeral directors, they have a heavy tax or a heavy, you know, uh, heavy soul, but just kind of the, the, the toll it takes on you, not emotionally, because I think that's way over uh, dramatized, but just, you know, the day-to-day thing where you are, embalming becomes completely, you know, it's like second nature. You just do it while you're talking and whatever. And yep. most people are like, oh my God, you're embalming it. Well, it just becomes second nature. I pop in my Bluetooth. I'm listening. So in that aspect, I do like the way they showed it. And just like the normal, uh, you got to get Mrs. Smith ready for two o'clock. It's like, don't worry. I got it. I'm taking care of Mr. Whatever, you know? Yep. So in that aspect, I do think they uh, reflect the industry well. They sort of make it look like an office in a way, like normal and that's bu- what it is. business being I tell conducted. People, I, yeah, and I tell people all the time, it's like, besides the embalming, and it's like, you know, well, remove the penis from the man, what do you have? Besides the embalming, <laughs> I'm just a glorified paper pusher. You know, I'm filing permits, I'm doing this and that. Um, my job is no different than any other office job. I'm just filing a bunch of permits, making sure everything gets filed in on time, and making sure everything meets the deadline. And I also happen to embalm a dead body. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's uh, and it, it it makes it more interesting. It's a little idiosyncrasy of your job. There just happen to be dead people in the in the bottom floor. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and Dunkin' Donuts, it's frozen eggs, and uh, your job, it's frozen people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not people anymore. They're the deceased bodies. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The, I want to uh, look at it. Before we uh, before we wrap this all up, though, I got it. Since embalming has been a topic of the conversation here, what yeah. what is the what is the actual process of it? it like, okay, uh, as as best you can without, uh, I guess, confusing myself. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, let me let, let's set it up <clears throat> like this. Uh, the purpose of embalming, right, is to preserve the body and disinfect. Okay. So you're you're and these are just a few prefaces I'm throwing out there. Also, the first thing to go bad in your body is blood. And when I say bad, it's the first thing to decompose. Okay. So oh, it's a blood, liquid. And, I would almost yes. assume it's like gotta go. There's just there's just so much enzymes in there and whatnot that it's just it's the first thing to break down. That's why when your heart's pumping, it's pumping oxygen in the blood. It's keeping it fresh. All of a sudden, you die. All of that stops. It just starts breaking down. That's how you get your decomposition. Your gases start blowing up and everything. Um, so in an embalming process, what we're doing is we're essentially, not specifically, we're essentially replacing your blood with embalming fluid. Embalming okay. fluid is basically formaldehyde gas. Uh, formaldehyde, in its purest you know, chemical, technical term, uh, bonds with the protein in your blood. And in your muscles, so that's why uh, the uh, <laughs> for for uh, why they call it a stiff is because an embalmed body is stiff. It's hard. It's all preserved. Right? Okay. So how how you go about that is let me um, the the best way I try to describe it is you have arteries and you have veins, and that's how they're distributing blood to your entire body. Right. Yep. Embalming replicates that system so you know like if you ever if you ever seen a movie or even in six feet under right like they kind of inject the artery or you've heard the term injection right yep what that do what they're doing is they're injecting the embalming fluid and it's pushing out the blood okay you're injecting you're injecting formaldehyde fluid in the artery 
and you're pushing out the quote-unquote bad blood out the vein. Okay, so you're just sort of uh, putting it in behind the blood and moving it out of the body behind it. It's like right. breeding. It's right. like bleeding breaks. You wait for the the formaldehyde to come through. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm someone. I yeah. just I, I just learned how to change my oil. <laughs> exactly. Just imagine you're doing it at the same time. Just imagine yeah. as you're filling in the new oil. You know, you're, you're down there with the oil can, letting the old one out at the same time, yeah. essentially. But so yeah. I, yep. I'm almost imagining you're you're. It's almost like two incisions. One end is the in. One end's the out. And then once blood stops coming out and formaldehyde starts coming out, you're. You know you're full. Well, as a general rule, right, and this is like real technical, right? As a general rule, you're injecting about three gallons. Wow. Uh, three gallons it, 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 of water, and in that water is whatever one or two bottles of your formaldehyde fluid. Um, okay. It's one incision. If you're doing a quote-unquote perfect embalming, right, it's one incision because, uh, okay, let me start here. If, if uh, you take your, 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 your neck, okay, right, the reason why... Slitting your slitting your throat is like such a a, a harmful uh, fa- uh, what's the word a fatal fatal cut okay. I could say is because you know you, you that artery your carotid artery goes right to the brain and right to your heart you slit that open there's no fixing it you know that's why your neck you slit your throat you're instantly all that oxygen going to your blood and your brain and everything right huh. Um, but that, what runs with that, with your carotid artery, is also your jugular vein. So if you heard, you know, hit him right in the jugular. It's, yep. it's, it's, the, it's the vein. It's so, the action movie vein to go for. <laughs> <laughs> That's, go right for the jugular. They should the, rename the jugular, it the Stallone. The, the, the <laughs> I was going to say the jugular is the citizen cane of veins. Yeah, right. right. So... So the blood is you're injecting inside the artery. The blood is coming out the jugular vein, but it's one it's one incision. Uh, if someone who's a nurse or anything they know what I'm talking about, they're, we call it VNA, and to remember it, visiting nurse association. But your veins, nerves, and arteries all run together, all along your body. So wherever you're looking at your arm, your legs, whatever, veins, nerves, and arteries all run together. Oh, like, okay. Uh, like cable, like cable wire. You know, you're running cable wire and you see all those fiber optics, whatever. It's just like that. They're all running together. Yeah, like they would have the power and the Ethernet and everything else in the yeah. same. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sweet. I mean, that makes sense. I've, like, hit my the back of my hand uh, before, like, where you can see, like, the veins. And it's sort of, like, had that weird tingle feeling. So I'd assume exactly. that would be exactly. because the nerve's yeah. in there. Yep. Um, so in terms of when you know you're done embalming... It's just basically you. You, you, you got to stop before they it. pop, right? Uh, That's the- <laughs> well, you, you know it's funny, but the, one of the first bodies I ever embalmed by myself, I was a a, a total nervous wreck because I swore I thought I was going to explode the body and I thought I was going to like be arrested <laughs> I felt like a tire. Like, <laughs> well, because here's the thing, right? So when, when you're when you're embalming, you know, it, it, it's almost exactly like that. When the first time you're embalming, and even if you are embalming, uh, the gases will build up because you are injecting, you know, uh, other fluid into a body that already has fluid. Right. So sometimes you'll see during embalming, a, a stomach will sort of st- start to puff out. Ooh. Um, oh So man. I, first time, extremely novice embalmer. I started freaking out like I'm just I'm you know almost like a, like a um, 
oh god, like a comedy skit. <laughs> I'm running around the embalming room, not knowing what to do. Like my 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 boss wasn't around or anything. I'm just like, oh my god, this body's gonna explode. I'm gonna have to go to Canada, dye my hair, Mexico. Um, <laughs> You're looking at, looking set. for something heavy to put on the stomach, but then the head gets bigger, and you gotta put that in a voice. Oh god, no. no. <laughs> No, what's out. funny about it, the next part in the embalming process after you do your injection and you get all your blood out, uh, there's this movie, the best way they do it, man, there's this movie, it's 1995, it's Danny DeVito and I forget whoever else, man. Anyway, he's uh, aspirating. Do you know what the term aspirating means? Uh, no. I don't Aspir- believe Aspirating is... We're going to go with no. no. You know... <laughs> <laughs> for the for the listeners, we're gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the listeners, you guys know, but let me explain. Totally, to uh, it, 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 it's to like aspirate, like to take out in its purest purest form. You're drawing out. Okay. Uh, it, in terms of embalming, we have this like this trocar, and basically, it's like a long stick that at the end has like a point. So what you do is like you kind of. If you ever heard like, oh, do you stab people when when you're embalming, whatever? Basically, you're taking the stick. You're going like in around like your belly button area. Okay. And with the stick and there's suction, right? And what you're doing is you're piercing all the organs to draw all that blood out and all the fluid that builds up. And the gas especially. You're mostly doing it for the gas. So that person, like I was saying, my first embalming, that, that stomach's gro- you know, growing bigger. As soon as I stuck that, uh, the trocar in there that's aspirating and it's sucking everything out, all of a sudden that stomach went, you know. Huh. Um, I don't know if that sound translated over the mic. It's everything I heard going it. down. <laughs> sounded, oh, I heard sounded, it sounded like someone stabbed my basketball and sent me home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. like a sad little kid from the basketball court. I should, ha- I should have you there to help me with analogies because I struggle so much when I'm trying to explain something to people. And you're just <laughs> you're hitting me with every analogy possible. I, I'm, re- I, I'm ridiculous. They're not always on point. Matt can tell you. <laughs> no, but he's generally pretty good. I'd say like... Ninety-five percent of the time, he nails it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just you're 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 nailing every single one of them. I mean, I I was about to I was gonna say another analogy to make an analogy for how well I am at good I am. At All right, analogies. let's calm him down before he blows. <laughs> I'm like I'm like a, a I'm like here. an old Southern guy on a porch, you know, sipping iced tea, <laughs> like just popping out <laughs> analogies about what things are and aren't. You're 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 the analogy. <laughs> king. Good God. <laughs> No, I just uh, I just oh never know God. how to say it directly, I guess, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm someone who appreciates a good analogy, so yes, thank you. So so that's really interesting though. The uh it, I mean, is is that like halfway through the process? Okay, so you know, let me follow through. So after you're aspirating, right, you're 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 drawing out all the gases and everything in their their cavity. When I say your cavity, your your thoracic cavity. So just picture from, from your hip all the way up until your shoulder. It's just where all your organs are, right? Um, after that, it's basically uh, putting your finishing touches. Um, you know, when they say, I, I'm sure you've heard the term, like they sew their mouth shut or they, they, they sew the eyes shut, they glue the eyes shut. For the most part, that's somewhat true. Like for the eyes, we sort of put like a plastic, pl- uh, how do I say, plastic contact lenses. Okay. And it's just to give the... It's to give the eye a shape, you know, because uh, sometimes eyes sink. You know, you, there's there's nothing keeping your body moving, whatnot, and everything gravity starts working, so, so everything kind of starts. So you're telling me there's Go no ahead. way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we got an analogy coming. Hippie, hippie. Well, no, no. I was gonna say there's no way to get a wink going on. Then you're saying there's no way to get a what? A wink. You can't like ask for a wink. 
Like, just right. get one eye. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you could, like, give him, give him one last, like, there you go, before before heading off to Grandpa the Grandpa was one. always winking. Is there any way you can work that in there? <laughs> like, raise one eyebrow, a little wink, maybe a toothpick in the side. If it could happen, believe me, it would. Um, <laughs> that but, Fred, uh, Fred yeah. Rico on, uh, on uh-huh. Six Feet Under could maybe pull it off. He's pretty good. Probably. Pretty talented. I'm not as good as him. The, yeah, uh, cat, food un- the cat food under the breast I thought was quite hilarious in the one episode. <laughs> did, uh. did you listen to the, the uh, that podcast episode? Because uh, it, it, let me ask you, what do you think he meant by that? Do you meant he meant actual cat food? Yeah, I think or it's like the small circular cans of cat food. He must have propped them up because he said his sister or some or, or someone had done a cat food commercial and they sent him over the boxes of them so i assumed he had just taken two cans of cat food and just like propped them up under there to make sure it's everything set right yeah and what's interesting about that is he actually took the food out of the can and ah. he molded it yeah, yeah, no, exactly. This entire time, I thought he actually meant cans. You know, we're talking about breast here. I thought he always meant actual cans. Did I but miss that in back, the episode? I missed it too, and I'm a fucking funeral director because I'm watching that. And it's like, damn, he used cans. Like, all right, cool guy. When I went back and then I started looking at like a, it just went on like a message boards, you know, just to get some like other takes on it, see if I missed anything. And there's everyone on there. No, like he meant food, and then I was like, "Oh my god, that actually makes sense." He molded it to fix to to fix the imbalance, you know. Oh. If, if one's hanging a little, ones like that. Yeah, you kind of like mold. I don't know why he used cat food and why you wouldn't use cotton or something or just you know plastic yeah. to just whatever liquid but latex. I guess to give the show, you know, right? Anything, anything else in the world except cat dog food. <laughs> dog food would have been fine. <laughs> some, some fucking Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like usually anything. And yes, I. I just found out after watching that episode after however many times he actually took the f- cat food out of the cat food can. Wow. Oh, man. Right? That's great. Uh, that's just another testament to how how ridiculous this show can be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But but in terms of uh, finishing up, so also too, when you're closing the mouth, uh, you have your... You have your your up your upper jaw and your lower jaw, right? And we basically have these like tacks, like these needle tacks, and for it, it's called an injection gun that we, we we attach the tacks to, and it like embeds into your gum. We put one upper, one lower, and we kind of tie those two together, and that's how you shut the mouth or okay. keep it closed, rather. Basically, and then you got to like sew up the incision and you're sewing it sort of just like a, a baseball. We call it like a baseball stitch, just the way you kind of close it up. Uh, on, ter- on terms of the face, we have this, we, what we call, if you ever walk into an embalming room today, it's something they didn't do on Six Feet Under, but if you walked into any embalming room wherever, right, all of the, the bodies in the prep room, if they're embalmed, they would have this like white, white gel all over their face. And it looks hmm. rather weird if you have no idea what it is. And what it actually is, is it provides like a nice cosmetic base to apply makeup later. So huh. it's just sort of like keep it. Uh, embalming dries out the body, disinfects, preserves. But if try to, trying to put makeup on an on a embalmed body without that massage cream is sort of just like painting sidewalk, you know. It's like, a primer. Is what you're there saying. you go, it's your primer. God damn, you guys are so good at analogies, man. <laughs> we're trying, we're trying to make it, uh, uh, you know, relatable for the layperson here. 
Yeah, yeah. Someone yeah, who hasn't outside. someone who hasn't painted any dead bodies. At least we hope not. <laughs> not uncertified. Yeah, so, yeah. Don't paint dead bodies, people. We're gonna issue that warning right now. We don't approve. People just find see if you stumble on a body like Victor did in the woods, don't tag it with your spray don't paint. Don't tag it. Just don't. That's not the end thing to do. You gotta primer it first, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> and then go to some. Some I didn't know. <laughs> Man, if some stuff goes down with you guys the next few days, I'm totally gonna be the blame for it. Right? <laughs> oh, you're. Hey, I'm, I'm on vacation. Who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> you're the fuel to the fire, man. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so uh, that's when the uh, makeup's applied after the uh, the putty type stuff that you were talking about. Well, essentially, it's essentially just cream, like a lotion, like okay. a thick lotion that goes on, and that's the mas- we call it massage cream. Uh, that goes on, that stays on until the day of that person's visitation. So let's just say where you know you embalm them on a Monday, and then Friday is going to be the visitation. Friday, you'll kind of wipe it off, you'll dress them, you'll put them in their casket, and that's when usually the cosmetics is the last step because you know if you're moving them around. You can get makeup on you. You get makeup on the, in the casket, you know. So it's usually the last thing you do right before your "quote unquote" family walks in. The viewing, or okay, that's yeah, that's yeah, what they yeah. kept calling it in six feet under. It's different things everywhere. It's a viewing, a visitation, a wake. It's all it's all one and the same. Yeah, I've heard know? I've heard wake used a lot. Yeah, growing up, I always heard of wake. And then as I got into business, visitation and a viewing even, you know, so. I kept bringing my board and people were like, what are you doing with the, this is a wake, you know? And I'm like, oh, I thought. <laughs> I came to hit the wake. Yeah, I like, thought we were doing this, man. What, oh, wrong wake. Sorry. <laughs> Sunscreen on the nose. Up. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's super interesting. You know, it's not every day that you get to talk to someone uh, with the profession that you have. You know, it's a it's a really cool insight, and I, I enjoy what I hear from you on your podcast for sure. Yeah, I, I wish I would, and it's out there if you wanted to really go find it. But like something, I wish every single person got to see, and not because of the moral part of it or just a healthy side of it, but uh, where, where, uh, an autopsy bodied, where they the medical examiner does the autopsy, but then we get the body after to embalm. And, you know, you know, I'm literally – the embalming I'm talking about that we just talked about, that's just a normal, quote-unquote, embalming yep. where it's just if a, if a person didn't get autopsied. Uh, having, you know, first-timers who have seen embalm whatnot, it's nowhere near as gruesome as you think it is. It's really just – it's almost boring compared to what you may think it is. But an autopsied body that's wide open, they cut the, the chest plate out. And, you know, they cut the skull open. And you get to see inside your skull, inside your body. That's something I wish everyone got to see. That's probably a little more intense, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think everybody could handle that. Uh, <laughs> fair point, fair point. Um, of the people who could handle it, I definitely think it's something to see. And I'll tell you what, if you if you fished around on the internet enough or YouTube, I'm sure it's out there. Oh, um, without a doubt. Probably. I'm sure it's there's all med- out there, baby. I'm sure there's yeah. medical, uh, like, videos out there that students use. For uh, education purposes, oh, you, you or something. know what? You know what? Just, you just reminded me. Oh man, last week I walked into work and one of my coworkers, they were looking at this Facebook Live video, and I'm like, "What? What are you guys watching?" It was some 
forgive me for not giving proper credit, some school, medical school in Chicago, on a Facebook Live video, they were doing an autopsy. Wow. So, absolutely. Yes. Yes. They, 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 met, they weren't doing it, um, uh, what's the word, like illegal or anything. This was a sanctioned, everything. Consent. Like it came fr- Yeah, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely, and they were showing it, and I'm like, that's fake, that's fake, there's no way, and it's just like, no, you see it and everything. Uh, go find it, I don't know, type Google Chicago Autopsy Facebook Live Video 2017, and I'm sure you'll be able to find it. That's awesome, I'm, oh, sure, I'm sure that's up yeah. there in the news somewhere, people should be able to find that off of Google. But yeah, that man. stuff, that stuff is interesting to see, because you see the inside of your body, you Literally see your rib cage or your, you know, the, the, the fat, you know, I, I got a nice little pot belly. I, you could see <laughs> what the actual fat looks like. You know what I mean? Well, it's sort of like I remember when I was in earth science in like middle school or whatever, uh, we would look, I would always look at the rocks, you know, when you're driving on the highway and you would like look at them and think, oh, that's really cool and interesting looking. But then once I learned through earth science, like, oh, you know, it shifts this way because of pressure and like it's this rock on top of that rock and you're able to identify this sort of stuff. You can look into it sort of like you said, your stomach, you're looking into it and you're seeing the different parts and pieces and like understanding it. It's really interesting. Yeah. And you're actually holding it. And I mean, on a much larger scale to which I probably will never understand, you know, like I, I've held a brain and how your brain controls all this thing. You're just holding it. And it just, it feels like a, a, a uh, this, I don't know, you guys have an analogy. Uh, just a, a weird freaking piece of chicken, whatever. And this, that brain does so much that I can't even comprehend. You know what I mean? It's like squeezing some all of that. tiki masala. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, actually, Matt, were we, uh, did we dissect the pig together in science class? Yes, we did. I think, I think we were partners. <laughs> Yeah, we went to school together, and I, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure we were partners for that. So that's the closest we've come to your profession, I'd say. We cut How, that little pig up. We got the brain out. Was, was that wrong to say was, on, this, on this podcast? Sorry, little pig. It was uh, It was like one of the tiny ones. I think it was like one of the pig, like not embryos. It was like a formed pig. No, yeah, it was like a oh, baby gotcha. pig. They gave us extra credit for getting the brain out. Yeah, we did it. It was fucking morbid, but we got through it. I was like, I, I, I need these quick. points. I'm not passing now, that next test. <laughs> while we're into this, now, were, were you always, do you have, you don't have any, like, um, you're not a queasy stomach type guy. You probably, you've never been afraid of blood, right? I mean, um, going into this, were you, like, besides being nervous about the whole process, is there anything about, like, the morbidity about it that, that bothered you, or, or is that just not your element? Well, let, let me let me let me. Uh, if I get off if I get off topic, ring me back because you you. Br- I'll bring you, you back. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> you brought up like three things that struck in my mind at one time. Uh, the first time I went to school for it, and I was just kind of like, "This seems cool. Let's do it." You know, it, it seems to be like a like a, 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 a way I live my life. Like, oh, this sounds cool. Let's just go ahead and do this. Cool. The first time I went to embalming school, I went to embalming school in Pittsburgh. Uh, you go through everything, and you know. Right before you actually start classes, they're like, "Do you want to see an embalming?" Just to make sure you're you could handle it, right? So I'm like, "Yeah,", oh, yeah. yeah. and I've never been sick of I've never been sick of blood. Like uh, I've never been uh, sick of blood or anything. But when I go to get like a shot at the doctors, where they have to draw blood, I'm f- I freaking out. I hate needles. I'm I hate the same way. My own blood, <laughs> but I'm totally cool embalming a body. You know, uh, that's crazy. But <laughs> hates needles, yeah, like, but he does not mind anything else. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's a weird flaw glitch in my system. But I get to a I get to a mortuary school, and they're like, "Do you want to go see an embalming?" I'm like, "Yes, of course. Let, let's let's get this out of the way." And definitely, I'm scared the first time because I have no idea what to expect. Right. Right. And I walk. Okay, so let me let me scale this back a bit. Uh, if you've seen ever seen an autopsy, uh, you guys are horror movie fans. You ever see Saw Four? Yep. Oh yeah. Do you remember the beginning? Is that wait? Was that the one with Donnie Wahlberg? No, that was two. I'm a huge Saw fan, right? Okay. That was two. Four, four was the one where the black guy rigs. Uh, it, it's the one where the ends, the two ice blocks explode oh, ahead. Yeah. Here's yep. the thing: at the end of three, Jigsaw. Spoiler alert, right? Jigsaw <laughs> dies. Yeah. The start of four. The start of four is the autopsy, and that's where they find that like that 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 wax. Oh yeah. Cassette the, tapes in his stomach, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's the no most, spoiler that's the, alert. It's the girl, right? That that is the uh, killer in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You find that let's, apprentice. Let's, yeah, fuck all this. Let's just talk about Saw, right? So, yes, you find out that <laughs> you find out that Amanda at the end of three is 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 working with Jigsaw, and that's how three ends. They all die at the same time. Four. I always tell people the best way, the the most. Po- positive way without real life of showing of an autopsy is Saw Four. Oh yeah, they, they open him up, right? Yeah, yeah. Like go back. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of that way. now. That was a pretty decent autopsy scene. At least, I mean, yes, you'd have a better yes. opinion than I would. I uh, the, the yeah. skin the skin flaps look a little fake, just the way they kind of cut your your skin open, but everything else. But I'm bringing that bringing that up to say they cut his skull open to get to his brain. And what happens is you have like a skull cap. So picture they cut, let's say, across your forehead all the way to the back of your head and it kind of circles around. So you could kind of take off like a, like a cap. You take the skull cap out to get to your brain. Because so it's, like fu- it's like fused parts because, right, when babies are born, I know that it's like different parts of the skull and it fuses together over time. Uh, uh, yeah, like when a baby, there's four parts. And, uh, God, I forget the freaking names of the skull, but... Yes, it's four parts, and you can kind of see if you ever like look at uh, an actual skull of a, uh, a adult human. There's like these like jagged little lines. It looks like scar they, tissue almost. Yes, exactly, exactly, and that's the four parts that comes together. But I think your skull is fully formed by like age ten. Um, but yeah, like the, the jury's the, still the, out the, on mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've hit I've hit the ground pretty hard a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so yeah, they 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 cut that skull cap open to get to your brain. So bring it back to I walk into this embalming room for the first time, and I walk in and I'm just looking, and it's the first thing I see. That skull cap that I'm talking about drops yep. on the floor. Oh, whoa! I, I just walk in and I hear this like icebreaker. Yeah, you, I just I I, I can't ex- <laughs> I can't explain the sound of you know, dropping ceramic on ceramic. It didn't shatter. It just hit the Thug. ground, and it's like, yeah, and I was just like, Ugh. what the fuck am I doing? Like, why, why did I think that was going to... I had moved to Pittsburgh. I got an apartment and everything. I was like, what the fuck? What was I thinking? <laughs> a skull just fell on the floor, and the person just picked it up like it was nothing. Like, what so, the hell am I doing? Sound like oh, a And I was 18. Sorry about that. I was 18 at the time, so I, I, it's not like I had like a you know a good perspective on life and like whatever. I was just like, the fuck, that's a fucking skull. Like, what's going on? Um, so that was my first, you know, I got kind of got thrown into it, and 
I'm someone who's like, no, no, I'll play it cool. Like, oh, wow, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. Whatever. Skulls <laughs> on the floor, whatever. <laughs> I, I got it. That's norm. All the time. That's, yeah, that's the yeah. norm, you know? I'm got just I'm else? just taking the lunch orders. Like, I don't care, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so th- after that, I don't know, nothing has ever affected me in terms of that. Like, I never was scared or anything like that. But I think I went into it knowing that stuff didn't scare me as much. Uh, what's, what's funny about that, like the, the, the classes, at least from my school, they had always started out of like 60, 70, 80 people. And by like week two, it was like down to like 20. Wow. <laughs> so just, it, oh, it, it weeds out everybody. You know, it weeds out anyone who's like, oh man, I, I love death so much. And it's like, okay, learn about every entire artery in your body. It's like, ah, no, no. I'd just rather be a person who likes death and not have to go to school for it, you know? Did, uh, the huh. profess- did the professor go, look to your left, look to your right, all of you will die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a hell of a like, way damn. to start the fucking course. <laughs> he's right. He's not wrong, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got our number. One day you all will be on this table. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Great. Like, wait, in front of a class getting, wait, What? <laughs> Victor's sitting there. Well, it can only go up from here. Let's keep going with this. No, it sounds it sounds like it's I don't want to say competitive, but um almost like it weeds people out pretty quickly. It's, it weeds people out right from the start. Yeah. You, you you get a lot of people, like I said, I had a lot of people who were just like, "Oh, I love death. I I'm so fascinated by death and whatever." And then it's just like, "That's cool." Like, you know, like I said, like you have to learn about every vein nerdery in our in the body uh you got to learn about accounting you got to learn about all this stuff that it's like yeah forget it you know mortuary school's hard and it, it, it like any other profession everything you learn in school means dick when you get out you know my first day of work i was cutting uh cutting shrub hedges you know uh You're like man i just want to be in there with the bodies just let me get in there can I don't want to be out here. Lawnmower. Can I put down the lawnmower. Can I get in the prep room? And it's like, yeah, earn your stripes, you know. You got to work so. your way up to bodies. You start on hedges. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cut this first, exactly. Well, you got ten years under your belt, and and then yeah, some. Yeah, I've. Yeah, <laughs> that guy with six months. Uh, yeah, uh, for for the long time I had worked as a trade funeral director, and as I was explaining earlier, that's just I worked for a freelance of sorts. Worked for a bunch of funeral homes. Uh, the thing about that was, I would get called any time of the day. So I would get called at six a.m. and I would get called at three a.m. or in the middle of the afternoon. It's really hard to have a life like that, you know? Yeah, it sounds rough. Yeah, always on call. Oh yeah. But it was fascinating to also be home at Tuesday in the afternoon playing video games while everyone's at work, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> which uh, which system you game on? Uh, right now, I'll tell you or, what. You know what I just bought today? I ha- I'm someone, I have kept all my systems, so I have all of them. Okay. I'm a PS4 ah, that's guy. That's how I am. I'm a PS4 guy, but I actually just, you know, a funny story. I had a, I had a bet with my friend about Rogue One, Star Wars. He didn't live up to the bet. He was supposed to buy me uh, Majora's Mask, Nintendo 64. Oh, nice. So finally, after he, he, we had a bet. He never lived up to it from the movie. And I just bought Majora's Mask, the box, and the game. Damn. Um, nice. So pati- yeah, yeah, right? And I'm patiently waiting for that to get here. I'm checking the, the, the tracking every day. eBay uh, purchase? So just, yeah, eBay. eBay. 
What it, what did that run you for uh, Majora's Mask? You know what? Because it wasn't sealed, I had to be a little bit realistic. Because I, you know, it's funny. I wanted the box, and as you get to a certain age, it's not like you have friends over every day. The only person who's going to actually see the Majora's Mask box is going to be my girlfriend, and she couldn't give two shits. It's a cardboard. <laughs> oh her, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, oh, but to yeah, me it means the world. Yeah. But, but but to me it means the world to have it. You know, Majora's Mask is my favorite game and everything. Uh, so she's like, I wouldn't be with him if it wasn't for that box. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's how I rationalize it in my head, or like somehow Link, who's a totally fictional character, is going to walk in my apartment one day and be like, "Get the fuck out of here! You also have this." You know, but that's never ever going to happen. You know. Uh, but it being a used box and it was a little uh, rough around the edges, it actually only ran me eighty. The box is that's pretty, not bad. Pretty that's not no, bad. no. But like the the pristine ones, the ones that haven't been opened, and I don't know how they've been able to do that over sixteen years. Right. Um, those she were like a thousand, thirteen hundred, fifteen hundred, and I was like, Jesus, yeah, I, I fucking loves. Oof. I love Legend of Zelda, not that much. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I got an N64. I only got a couple of games for it. Mario Party, I think, is one of them, and uh, one or two yeah. others. But they're they're hard oh. to come by, especially since they're not. Being I have made the anymore. Zelda. I don't have the box like Victor here, but I got Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I will never get rid yeah. of them. Yeah, nice. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, that that pretty much brings us to the end of the show here. I know we're talking video games. We we do cover that from time to time. Yep, yep. But oh, uh, we're nerds, we are. We wanted to give you the chance uh, before we start doing our plugs. If there's anything you'd like to throw out there in terms of your show, any of your social media, I am at digging. Uh, if you are a Twitter person, you could find me on Twitter. I'm at digging podcast. Uh, my website for this show, and I'm trying to direct people to the website because I'm going to be starting uh, updating stuff on there and uploading. Uh, it's simply diggingpodcast.com. Um, uh, if you're listening to this now, uh, I'm doing a, a bonus pri- uh, bonus secret episode that I'm trying to keep under wraps. Uh, it's I'm taking a, I just finished season one, so I'm doing a week break in between season one and two. But in between there, I'm, I'm making like a really big push uh, to try and get the word out there about the podcast. So I'm going to be uploading a uh, let's just say a secret uh, movie podcast episode. Cool. And yeah, I'm on Facebook too. I'm at uh, digging six feet under. And yeah, that's mostly where you can find me. Uh, we'll be starting season two around February sixth. I'll do the first episode. Uh, I have a lot of. I have. I try to have different guests on every week. Uh, season two, I have. I have an actor coming on. I have a casket salesman coming on. I have a guy from a Star Trek podcast. Cool. Uh, there, there used to be a podcast that did my show about five years ago. I'm having them on, sort of like a reunion episode. I got someone from an embalming podcast coming on. So. An I'm embalming really podcast. Like, yeah, I mean, right? I, I know we said there was one for everything, but uh, I was a little surprised to hear that. All you need to know is that there's a podcast about bagels, and that's your clear, definitive line. That there's a podcast on any and everything, right? Yeah, true, very true, very true. <laughs> so, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of Six Feet Under, or if you're interested about the funeral industry, I would say definitely take a listen. I try to be informative as possible, and so yeah. Well, I've definitely learned a lot. Uh, I, yeah, listening, man, we learned a lot. And on this episode, we learned a lot. For oh, sure. absolutely. This has been great. Happy to have but you, man. I'm, thank you. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll have, have to do fun. it again once I once yes, we get uh, into another season. Maybe we should uh, get you coming back uh, every for each season that you cover. 
And we can that keep talking awesome. about Six awesome. Feet Under. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. It'd give us a chance to catch up to you. Watch the whole series. That'd be totally awesome. Alrighty. So this is the time where we plug our stuff. <laughs> well, if you guys want to check us out, americanslacker.wordpress.com. That is our main hub. That is our website for now. Um, also, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, American Slacker Podcast. We are also on Twitter at A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast. And Reddit is the same A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast. Sorry, the name's all fucked up. Um, our mm-hmm. Patreon is up and running. If you want a way to support us, uh, go visit our Patreon. You can get to it from our website or by searching American Slacker Podcast on Patreon. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all the plugs. Mm-hmm. Victor Rubio, it was a pleasure to have you, brother. Thank you, man. It was, it was a pleasure, and that was a lot of fun, guys. A si- lot of fun. Six Feet Under podcast, check them out. We're happy. Check them out. Happy to be listening, man. All right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in every week, even if it's this is the first episode you listen to. We love you. And uh, that's it. There you go. Should I hit stop now? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys need any more help about that body you killed? Do you need any more help recovering it? Yeah. Yeah.